Welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Conversations with business expert authors to learn about the author, their expertise, and to help you find your next read. And now, here's your host, best-selling author and CEO of Influence Network Media, Jody Brandsetter. Dan, welcome to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. I am excited to hear about your book, The Experience Maker. But before we dive into that, tell us a little bit about you and your expertise. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jody. I very much appreciate being here. And I spent 20 plus years in corporate America before I went off on my own and started my own business in 2019. And I gained a lot of experience being both a marketer and a customer experience person. I learned what works and what doesn't work. I learned how to get things done and get past all the red tape and the budget process and the legal process and all that sort of thing. And so I've really tried tried to take what I've learned in my career and share it with others so that they can uh, do some of the same things. And I became a believer that despite all of the marketing channels that I had been working on all these years, that the best marketing that we can do is through our own customers by creating great experiences for them so they want to tell others about us. Great. I am a recruiter by trade. And so I do understand, we call it our customer experience. Um, So I I get a lot of my tricks of my trade from the marketers like you. So thank you for for doing the work for me. But this is your second book that we're going to talk about. So I would love to know, why did you decide to become an author? And why did you do it again after you've already done it once? Great question. I do love writing. It is the communication channel of choice for me. Interesting because I also do regular live videos. I also have a podcast. And so I I am involved in multiple communication channels, but I do love writing. And that came from college where I was a reporter and editor on the student newspaper. I wrote more than 250 articles before becoming an editor. And I've used those skills every day of my career. Uh, In fact, more more than a few people who used to work for me would laugh at uh, me saying that anytime anybody gave me a PowerPoint presentation that had an, a spelling or grammar error in it, I found it, right? And they knew that. So, but I, uh, so I really like writing. The first book that I wrote, Winning at Social Customer Care, was really aimed at a niche audience. It was a, a point in time where I was particularly interested in and passionate about using social media as a customer service channel versus as a marketing channel. And today, I still believe it's better as an engagement channel than as a marketing channel. This book, The Experience Maker, takes a much broader look at customer experience and really takes into consideration that customer experience or CX is every single interaction that a customer has with you. And that starts with marketing or advertising, but can go into everything from customer service to invoicing, to your website, to your mobile app, to your in-person experience, and how all of those things work together. So I just found it to be a broader, more complex topic that I really wanted to sink my teeth into. And yet I really try to keep it simple because I'm a believer that customer experience doesn't have to be a multi-year, multi-million dollar transformational process. It can just be a series of little things. Now it's a long series of little things because customer experience, just like employee experience, there's no finish line. You're constantly working to improve it, but it doesn't have to be so overwhelming. It actually can be pretty simple. 
you're talking about all the different touch points that it's not just that beginning touch point, but it's that invoice or that second purchase. So I, I can understand how one person might think of candidate experience just at that very beginning of gaining the customer, but it's really that retaining of the customer throughout their lifespan of, of purchasing products or services from the organization. For sure. And it's the same with a candidate experience, right? If we have a really great experience, the, the application process is really easy. And it's not one of those systems that were built in the 70s where it asks me to upload the resume and then it asks me to type it all in anyway and you know, and whatever. And so it's a great experience. Then I go have a, an interview and I really enjoy the person and we really you know kick it, we hit it off. And then weeks go by and I don't hear anything. The company might be thinking, well, this isn't part of the experience because nothing's happening. But the, but the employer, the prospective employees like, yeah, but nothing's happening. What's going on? And so the, the silence is even part of the experience. And I'm working actually with a couple of clients right now where in their business, there is there are long periods of silence with the customer. And I'm trying to get them to not be silent, right? Let's give them an update. Let's tell them a story. Let's remind them that we know they're still there. It's okay that nothing has to happen. The transaction doesn't have to move forward. But to go silent on somebody for weeks, months, or even a year or more is not a great way to create an experience that people want to talk about. I actually just did a communication case study about a year or two ago, trying to understand the candidate experience. And I was looking at the different touch points as far as the different steps of the process. And ultimately, every candidate told me that they didn't care how long the process was, as long as they were consistently being communicated with. And they wanted those, you're still in the process, but nothing's happened or no news yet, which is still good news because you're still being considered that that's all they needed just to withstand that long process. So it wasn't where they always talk about what you need to have, you know, today you have to, I don't know, it's probably like a week long. You have to make a decision uh, before it used to be 14, 15 days when in fact candidates will actually continue to stay as long as they're communicated. And that's where we always fault, at least on the hiring recruiting side. And it's that empathy and putting yourself in the candidate's shoes and thinking about those silences and saying, how would I feel if I, you know, when, when into the weekend, not knowing if I was even being considered. I'll add one more thing is that then you have them, you keep them holding for so long. And then when you finally have a decision, you ask for their response in 48 hours. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. I just had to wait eight weeks for you. And now you're putting a timer on me. Right. And, and so you're totally right. It's about being empathetic, about understanding what they're going through. And this is the same in customer experience, which is why my advice to people is always become a customer of your own company. And then you'll really feel how customers feel. And, you know, if HR professionals, I actually think is part of the training it should be required that you apply for a job. You may not take the job, that's okay, but go through the process and figure out what do you like and what do you don't like, because that's going to give you great ideas for how to improve your own process. The, the strange thing about both of these is that we professionals are sitting on the opposite end of the customer, whoever your customer is. And so we're seeing it from an inside out perspective, but your customer is seeing it from an outside in perspective. And if we can't capture that perspective, then we're always looking at it backwards. We're looking at it in the mirror and that's not going to help us get to the point that we all want to be, which is to be empathetic and to provide the best kind of experience we can. After all, the candidate experience is like the pre-experience of being an employee, right? It's the experience before the experience. And so we want them to begin loving the company, being passionate about the company, ready to be a brand ambassador, et cetera. And so that the role in a recruitment process is starting to set that up, whether you think about it that way or not. 
I love how you're talking about the pre-experience to an employee. want to talk about it in a customer light. So obviously with my background being in recruiting, I really emphasize cohesiveness from the recruiting to onboarding to retaining. Like the, you have the brand voice has to be the same. Like you want to make sure they know the company goals, missions and stuff, but you're also relaying it to them once they onboard and once they join so that they can stay excited and enjoy it. So do you ever see, and, and we don't do it very well on the recruiting side. So do you ever see that on the customer side where there there's lacking cohesiveness from the gaining the customer to, you know, keeping the customer from the the retaining, I guess, piece. I think a better question might be, do we ever not see that? (laughs) Because yes, we see it all the time. And I like to say that I live at the intersection of marketing and customer experience because of, of my background. And what's fascinating is that marketers roles have continued to evolve such that I believe right now, not only are they the pre experience, right? The first experience we often have with a brand is some sort of marketing. Maybe we see a Super Bowl ad. Maybe we see a social media ad. That's the first experience we have. But marketers are also now becoming the promisers of the experience, right? They're basically saying, here's how it's going to feel to be a customer of ours. Here's what you're going to get out of it. Here's our promise. And then we got to make sure that the company can actually deliver that. We don't want to be over-promising and under-delivering. We want the opposite. And so the way around that is to make sure that if you are a company that has silos, i.e. you're a company of almost any size, that there's two things that you have to do. The first is that anybody who is designing an experience has to take accountability for where is that person coming from and where are they going next. Now, you can't necessarily take accountability for their entire customer journey, but if you make sure that that transition is smooth, the transition from candidate to employee, the transition from prospect to customer is smooth, you're well on your way to starting to fill those holes and make a consistent experience. The other thing is this debate between do we have a, a team called customer experience or employee experience or you know somebody that oversees all of this or do we make it everybody's job? And the answer is yes, <laughs> to say you have to do both. If you just make it everybody's job, it'll end up nobody's job. And unless you are heavily incenting them on year-end reviews and salary bonuses, that sort of stuff, it'll be just a, a little small thing that they add to their goals that is just to check the box. If you only have somebody, a team in charge of it, then they're they're looked at like the auditors, right? Nobody wants the auditors to come visit them. And so your CX team is going to be looked at that way. They're like, uh-oh, the CX guys are here to tell us what we're doing wrong. So we have to have both. The, the CX team has responsibility for that 30,000 foot view of looking at the entire journey of the, of the employer, of the customer from beginning to end. Whereas the rest of us who are in these different silos, we kind of manage our own part of the journey, taking into consideration where they came from and where they're going. It's almost like you have to also build a strong experience for the whole company to be involved in, and then have, like you said, that group that, you know, kind of managing that whole piece, but I'm, I'm, I'm assuming also it's top down. A hundred percent. It's top down. And you may or may not have heard the saying, happy employees equal happy customers. And that is because if we are asking employees to provide great experiences for customers and they don't know what a great experience looks like, because maybe they've never had one as a customer and maybe they're not getting one as an employee, they're not going to be real good at delivering it. And so that's why, you know, I talked to a gentleman recently who owns a boutique hotel. And one of the things that he does with new employees is let them stay a night so that they've 
they've actually literally slept in the bed and felt what it's like to be a customer. That's going to help them do a much better job of providing experiences to customers because they actually know. Compare that to a customer service agent who is trying to help a customer navigate a website. And that agent, because they don't have an account, has never actually been on the website. They're working off of an FAQ or they're working off of a, a guidebook and they've never actually done it themselves. That's not the person you want trying to guide you through an experience, right? Yes, it's, it's so important, the experience side. Two more questions and then we're going to wrap this up because I really enjoy talking to you. And one of my problems is I like talking. Uh, feeling is mutual. And I, <laughs> you know, I like to joke with people because my main profession is I'm a keynote speaker, which means I get paid talk and uh, I'm, I'm okay at talking. In fact, I generally talk too much. So it works out yeah. fine. I want to know if you have like one tip that you would give a new author who's starting the journey of writing. I think it's bring your whole self and your whole experience to the process because we all have interesting backgrounds. We've all done cool things in our lives. You know, I had a, I got an assignment from uh, one of my, I had a book launch team help me. And one of the things that they, the feedback that they gave me was that the about Dan page on my website was kind of boring. They're like, you know, you're telling us about your background, your professional background. It's all impressive, but tell us something about Dan. And so I started this list and I kind of got a little crazy. And you can go on my website and look at the about page. There's probably 30 things on this list. But what's kind of surprised me was since I've put that list on my page, I get a lot of people that come to me and they, and one of those things has really stood out to them. I, a popular one is I did once deliver a pizza to Michael Jordan. That's sort of an obvious one where people are like, oh, tell me more. But then there's other ones too on the list where people are like, this is the one that they glommed on to. And, and regardless, it, it starts a conversation, which reminds me back to when I first first got out of college, I learned a little trick on my resume at the bottom to put something about myself that had nothing to do with work. And, you know, people have called it the the elevator question or whatever, like, you know, or, or you know, the, do I want to work with this person? And anyway, when I got out of college, which was many years ago, the two things that I wrote were that I was a certified bartender and that I was a huge fan of the Simpsons. And I am telling you every single interview I went on, the first question was either, can you make this drink or did you see this episode? And what was amazing about it was from the moment of the beginning of the interview, I could relax because we were just having a conversation. And I have reviewed thousands of interview of uh, resumes over the years. And I've had, I've helped many, many, many people redo their resumes. And I always go back to the same thing of tell me something about you, the person you, because that doesn't come out in your resume. So the answer to your question is the same thing is that what you can bring to a book, even if you've never thought of, of writing a book is your own experience, your own background the thing that is quintessentially you, which is probably more interesting than you think it is. I would agree. We don't always see ourselves as being intriguing, but we are. And if we can actually put our own stories in our book, especially a business book, it makes it more appealing. It makes you human. So Dan, I've left this conversation. I think other people will too. They're probably going to want to connect with you and buy your book. So tell me what's the best place to buy your book and how can they connect with you? Sure. Well, uh, the book is available at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. Uh, any online bookstore should have it. And uh, it's called The Experience Maker. And then I am at dangingus.com. I am on LinkedIn and very active at Dan Gingus, Twitter at dgingus. And one of the things I teach in the book is about being responsive. And I practice what I preach. So if you reach out to me and you have a question or you just want to say hi, I promise I will respond back to you. I can actually vouch for that because you did respond back to me. Thank you so much, Dan. It's been great chatting with you. My pleasure, Jody. Thanks for having me. 
Thanks for listening to the Book Smarts Business Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show and share this episode with a friend. In the meantime, join our business author community where you can connect with other business authors and learn about becoming an author at authors.influencenetworkmedia.com. Until next time.